You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about e-courses, both the good and the bad. Not all e-courses are created equal, and we'll be giving you our tips for making yours both valuable and engaging. That's up in a bit. First, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with entrepreneur and gratitude specialist, Tina Torres. Tina has built a successful business by using partnerships to extend her reach and expand her services that she can provide to her clients. I want to learn more about what it means to be a gratitude specialist and how she leverages partnerships to grow her business and how, what she sees in the future for that. I've got a long list of questions for you, Tina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to hear everything that you have to offer, too. Um, I love being a part of podcasts. I think they're amazing things to get out there and help the world just, you know, get all the information that you need. I, I agree. I think they're a great way for people to get the information that they need. And we love to start each of our conversations with our guests by asking them to share us a little bit about their current business, how you started it, and how it's evolved over time. It really helps our listeners understand that there's not a one-size-fits-all model, and the sky's the limit on the possibilities. Um, it definitely is. Um, I have been doing this for about 12 years now, and it kind of all evolved basically because I joined a company um, called Send Out Cards, and from there, um, I started doing the follow-up thing, and I started realizing that the number one struggle um, every entrepreneur has is follow-up. And um, so from there, I kind of grew my business into the gratitude specialist and um, started teaching People had to have gratitude in their life and their business and through their having that follow-up and creating that system that's going to be beneficial for them and their business. And everywhere that I have found something to do that with, it all revolves around gratitude and it all revolves around follow-up. You know, I think you're right with it being such a big struggle for entrepreneurs with follow-up. We went to the International um, Conference for E-Women Network in August, and Michael and I made a real 
concerted um, commitment to making sure that we followed up immediately. And we were shocked at the response that we got. Yeah. We had over a 50% response rate to the first email, which almost yeah. never happens with people. It's, people are always saying, you know, I send email after email or follow-up or phone calls, and they don't respond. But what I found was not a lot of people follow up. I was amazed that people that said they were going to follow up didn't because I don't think people have a system, and having a system is so important. Otherwise, it's overwhelming, and you just don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, I was too at the eWomen Network conference, and, um, and of course, you know, I have a system in place and immediately started following up within 48 hours after the event. You always want to start some kind of conversation. Um, and I too got about a 50%, 60% um, opening ratio and, you know, responding to me. But after all the people that I followed up and reached out to, there was a lot of people who didn't reach out to me. And, um, you know, I may not have gotten their information or, you know, they didn't have theirs on, the, on site or whatever it was. Um, and I'm like, why are you going to this event spending so much money to build your business and then not follow up? Mm -hmm. And I had the same thing. I had just a couple of people reach out to me, and it was really interesting because I've gotten to the point where if I really – want to make sure I connect, I absolutely um, get someone's card and do that. But also what I do is, you know, if it's somebody that really wants to know more from me, I put it in their court because I want them to take that action and have some, you know, for, for lack of a better way to say it, some skin in the game. I want them to really yeah. want it. A lot of times people say, oh, send it to me, and you know it's going to end up in their spam folder or in their inbox exactly. unread. And if you do it, you know, if you take the ownership, and I want people to reach out to me and ask for it. I want to know they're genuinely interested, and then I'm happy to share. But I think, you know, following up and, and really taking the initiative really does put you a step ahead, and it's so powerful. I, why do you think people have such a hard time or such a struggle with follow-up? Um, I think the number one thing is um, time. Um, so many, you know, the most common challenges that any entrepreneur has in their business, um, of course, is that follow-up. But the answers that I get to as why they don't do it are the time. Um, another one is systems, or they forget, or they assume that the customer will contact them if they need their service. And then finally, they simply don't know, they simply don't know how. They don't know how to follow up. Like, well, what do I do? Do I make a phone call? Do I send them a, a text? Do I email them? Do I, you know, reach out to them physically? You know, how, how do I do that? And how many times do I do that? Do I send them an email? I sent them an email. They didn't respond. Okay, well, you have to continue that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so many different ways you can follow up, and I implement that all into um, a strategic system that I have implemented into my business for 12 years. And I kind of get a little bit of everything. And you have to stay upon the time. You know, millennials, they're texting. They don't open emails anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you've got to implement that texting service that you have. You know, for us forties um, and fifties, you know, you have you have to do that that email because we mm-hmm. still like that email. Um, and then you also like to ha- you know get that physical. You want to you know engage with them at another event or hey, I, you know, I remember meeting you at such and such event. You know, it was great to meet you. Let's meet up for coffee. Those kinds of things because they just some of the things people just don't see. And, mm-hmm. you know, like that when I told you when, you know, they send that one email and then they stop. You you don't yeah. know what's going on in that other person's life and when they might need your services, maybe a year down the road. So you need to continue to follow up. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And I think, you know, you say that the number one thing is time. And, and I agree that our time is very valuable and we, we, it's a limited resource. I mean, mm-hmm. money, you can always make more. You can't make more time. But I think as entrepreneurs and business owners, we're spending a lot of time doing things that aren't really adding value. They're not affecting the bottom line. They're not making the cash register ring, as, as Sandra Yancey always says. And I think it's important to take a step back and say, okay, what are the things that are really going to move my business forward? What are the things that I should be doing? Not that I, they may not be the things that I like doing the most, but to be honest, I like following up because I get results. I yeah. get people I'm able to help people and get them in a direction that I know will better serve them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely want to, um, this, any kind of system that you get, any kind of thing that you're doing, you know, as far as follow-up goes, you want to make sure it, it resonates with you and your business. Um, you don't want to, you know, pay for something that you're never going to use, of course, um, and if, you just, if you're simply not that kind of person who um, texts all the time, then don't use a texting app. Um, you know, if you're not the social media type of person and you're not, you know, on Instagram, then don't use Instagram. You know, those kind of things. You just need to understand what it is that um, your business needs and what you like to do. I was talking to someone, um, and they said they reached out to someone because they needed to verify an address, and they said they hadn't heard back, and I said, let me text her. I literally had an answer within 30 seconds because she's younger. That's the, I know that's the best way to communicate with that generation, and I think it's really important for people to understand that just like business types there's not one size fits all, and it's important to understand what the best way to communicate with certain people is. And it, part of it depends on the urgency. This was something we needed immediately, so I didn't want to wait. And I think it's important to understand that, you know, there are different ways to communicate and make those connections. Yeah. Um, I found a, a recent study that says that within three seconds, somebody responds via text. Within wow. three seconds. Isn't that amazing? And then 86% of people don't open their emails. But that doesn't mean to stop sending emails because I'm still, you're still going to see Tina Torres, the gratitude specialist, going across your page as mm-hmm. you're deleting. And so my name is going to go through your mind as you're deleting my email. Mm-hmm. So I still send those emails. 
but three, within three seconds, somebody responds to a text message. Hmm. Wow. That's an incredible statistic. Yeah. And, you know, you, you said that um, some people will just assume that someone will follow up with you if they want to do business with you. I think that is a, a big mistake for people to decide because there are a lot of options there. And I can tell you the people that follow up are the ones that are top of mind, front and center. They're the names that you get familiar with. You know, you may have somebody's card buried on your desk, but if that's not what's always popping up, that's not who you're going to think of when exactly. you need that product or service. Well, and how many people only have one product or one service that they offer? Mm -hmm. You know, I tell, you know, my usually 30-second spill is that, and, you know, I teach people how to have gratitude in their life and their business through a follow-up system. So mm -hmm. they go, oh, okay, follow-up. But they don't know the other things that I have going on that they might need. Okay, I don't need mm -hmm. follow-up, but, you know, networking, I could use that or, you know, any other services that anybody has. Usually people have three or four or five things that they have that they can offer in the services. So just imagine all that stuff that they're leaving on the table if mm -hmm. you assume that that person does not need your service. And then on the other hand, think of the 250 people that that person knows mm -hmm. that could have given you that, that referral. It's interesting you bring that up because I always tell people at the eWomen Network events, because somebody will say, well, why do I want to come to the event? Or, you know, there's no one in the room that is my ideal client. And that may very well be true. I'm not going to say that every person is your ideal client. Mm -hmm. But those people know hundreds of people. And I think oftentimes we too quickly discount who we're connecting with, who we're being introduced to and saying they're not our client, On move on to the next. Mm -hmm. And I always find that people connect with you for a reason. They connect with you because you're supposed to, you know, know who they are or they're supposed to know who you are. And it's our job to figure out you know, how can we build that relationship and what is it supposed to be? Because again, like, you know, everything, there's not one size fits all. Yeah. And you, just like you said, you never know who they know. They could, mm -hmm. be the, they could know the next person that's going to introduce you to something that's going to make you your next six, six figures that year. Mm -hmm. Just with one client. Because they didn't need you. Now people are going, oh, well, I don't, you know, she doesn't need me, so you know, I'm not going to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Right. But who does she know? You still want to follow up with that person. You still want to go have coffee with that person. You still want to get to know them and mm -hmm. have them get to know you, even if she doesn't need your services or want your services. Mm -hmm. I always um, share an example that really brings it, brings it all home is um, at one of our, our small group um, wisdom circles through E-Women Network, um, someone, a couple people, with, well, it was a good group, but, but two people in particular, one person said, I just want to come and serve. She was a coach. She said, I'm, I'm available. I just want to come and serve. You know, nobody in the room is going to be able to, to support what I need right now because I've changed my business. And I said, okay, you know, we'd love to have you. She was there and we had a little bit of time. So I said, you know, what do you need? And she said, I've just rebranded my business. You know, the, the, the group here is really 
they're, they're working with smaller businesses. What I'm looking for are con to connect with corporate sales trainers. And one of the, the girls that was there said, I just left the corporate world you know, within the last six months. I've got a list of 50 clients that I've dealt with that I'd be happy to introduce you to. Would you like to sit down and see if some of them might be your ideal clients? Literally, yeah. She almost fell out of her chair because I didn't even know that. But you never know. You just we make assumptions about, you know, how people can help us or what the relationship is, and you just absolutely never know. Yeah, it happens all. I see it all the time. You know, especially you know at E Women. You know, oh, I went there last month, and you know there was nobody there for me, so I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to go back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been part of this company, this um, organization for 11 years, and this is what brought me my first six figures, this organization, to help me build yeah. my business to where it was because of the friendships and the relationships that I have made mm -hmm. through eWomen Network. And yes, not mm -hmm. everybody in eWomen Network were my clients and customers, but they knew people who were. Right. And because, you know, I built that relationship. So it doesn't matter if that lady never went to eWomen because she was like, oh, there's nobody there for me. Mm -hmm. She would have missed out on all that, on all that money. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to shift the conversation a little bit because one of the things you've talked about is building a successful business using partnerships. And I've got a number of questions I would love to ask you about that. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. 
You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with entrepreneur and gratitude specialist, Tina Torres. Tina has built her business really with follow-up and with partnerships. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you want to go back. Tina shared what some of the challenges are with follow-up, and we had a great discussion on the value of followership follow-up to build and grow your business. And I love the fact that Tina shared that she's really made amazing connections through EUMA Network and her 11 years of being part of that. That's really helped her build you know, her first six-figure business. So be sure to connect and be sure to follow up. So Tina, I would love to spend this part of our conversation talking a little bit about partnerships because I know it's a topic that people have a lot of questions on. They hear it, but they don't know how to get started. You know, specifically, how do you identify partners? And then once you identify them, how do you determine how you're going to work with them or what that's going to look like? Yeah. Um, for, first of all, with your partnerships, you want to make sure that it, um, it's, it resonates with your business. You don't want to go out and do, you know, like with mine, mine's follow-up and networking, so I wouldn't want to go out and do something with health and wellness because mm-hmm. that's out of my circle. So you want to make sure that it's still in your same circle and that it, um, it helps and it marries into the business that you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the person that you're partnering with, if they have the same values and the same systems that you use and the same um, kind of teaching formats that you use and all that kind of all that kind of stuff, just like when you do with a friend or a, a partner, and you know, in marriage, you want to make sure every all your values and stuff sync together. Um, because there's so many people who do business differently, and you never want to have that person hurt your relationship or you do it to theirs, um, mm-hmm. their business. Um, so that partnership really is something serious to, to really think about doing. And you never want to just jump into anything, and the first person that comes up to you. Um, but that partnership over the last 11 years has helped me become my business, become who it is, what it is now. Mm-hmm. So, and I absolutely agree with um, connecting with people that have the same values. I love that you added system in there, and, and I wrote style, the same kind of, of, of way of, of doing, doing business. Um, how do you really get to know those things about them. Because oftentimes what people will say the right things, they will, it looks like they're doing the right things on the surface, but once you get to know them, there it's not quite what you thought. A lot of times it is, but I've seen times yeah. where, know. you know, what you see is not really what you get once you dig down oh, a little yeah. bit. So how do you... How do you make sure that you're really stepping into it with the right person? Um, the one thing that I've always done is I never jump into it any, you know, very quickly. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think that the earliest friendship or partnership that I've done, I've known the person for about a year. I mm-hmm. went to her workshops. I went to her seminars. I've talked to her clients. And, you know, I got feedback from everybody. And there has been some mm-hmm. that I'm like, um, no, we're not doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. But like you said, most of the time it is a good fit because you feel it in your gut. You feel mm-hmm. it in your heart that it's going to be a good fit. Um, so I would definitely say don't rush into it, but get to know those pre- people. Go to their events. Um, you know, see if their events are, are, are getting good response. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several people that I know that put on events, and after the event, you know, of course, you get are a sounding board to a lot of people, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that person didn't do this, and it was so, you know, it was two hours behind schedule, and they mm-hmm. forgot my logo and this, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't, you know, that's something <laughs> that you do not <laughs> want to be associated with. And things mm-hmm. happen. I understand things happen, but... You also, like I said, just don't jump into it. Get to know those people. Build that relationship. Build that friendship. Um, and then also keep that friendship and business separate. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's great advice. So I have another question for you. How do you introduce partners to your clients? And, you know, how do you make that determination that they're right? And how do you, how do you explain that relationship? Um, sometimes I have a like a workshop, like a workshop that we do together, and you know they do half and I'll do half, um, or we do like a Facebook Live together, or we do like a webinar together, and I'll bring my customers in, and she'll bring her customers in, and we just kind of um, show show one another that we we're building this thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of things that I have going on in, for 2018 that I'm actually doing. And one of the people, she has a really big client base, but this is her first time doing type of webinar type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, we know which one we're going to do, you know, what things we're going to do and what things she's going to do. Um, but when you're, when you're marrying the right thing, just like when you get married um, mm-hmm. and you marry the right one and you bring your family and he brings his family into it, you want to, um, what is the word? You want to make sure that they know everything, all the good stuff about them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a word that I can't, can't come up with on top of my mind, but mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you show them all the good things that they're doing, all the things that they're going to bring to the table, and all the things mm-hmm. that they're going to be able to take your client's business another step because you have brought them in on your team. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's also about being really clear about the roles and responsibilities, what the deliverables are, um, what you're responsible for, what they're responsible for, and what the person's going to be receiving so that there's no um, misunderstanding or confusion about the expectations. Yeah. And then when you're doing JV partnerships too, they're you know, giving you their informational product that you can sell and you're getting a piece of that and they're getting a piece of it. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win for both of, the, both of those kind of people. You know, if mm-hmm. you have somebody who knows so many more people in 10,000 dat- person database, mm-hmm. if you have a really good informational product, then let them JV, be a JV partnership and get a little piece of your action mm-hmm. because you just now went in front of 10,000 people that you never have been in front of before. 
Mm-hmm. So how would you say that the partnership model has helped you really grow and scale your business? Um, it definitely, it definitely has. Everybody has their gifts, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has, you know, God gives everybody their gifts, and um, so those partnerships bring in other gifts, and then teach you this new thing on how to do this or how mm-hmm. to do this, and then so you're getting yourself up to that next level as well. So with my partnerships over the last couple of years. I've always been the one who people are bringing up. Come on, Tina, come on, come with me. And then once I get there, I'm bringing other people up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like with the, when the webinars all came out and when Facebook Live first came out, I had people, you know, getting me on their Facebook Live or getting me on their webinars or getting me on their podcasts. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I want to do this, and now I'm going to bring these people on. On board, so it's just mm-hmm. a big, huge. Um, uh, it's a family. You have, you know, about your five or six people that you know are going to help you build your business mm-hmm. and are going to be there for you. And so it's, and, and they're still, even to this day, eleven years ago, are still very close um, friends of mine. And even if I needed something completely out of their realm, they will bring me somebody else that they know. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Tina Torres. You need to know her. Mm-hmm. So it definitely has gotten um, to be way more than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, and and you know, I, I don't I don't want to dig into any any details. But have you ever been in a partnership with someone that it just kind of wasn't what you expected, and you had to step back? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and. Um, to be honest, you know, I'm always, you know, and Sandra always says you're always friends with everybody because I'm, I am, I'm always friends with everybody. I, I It is personal and business. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do that, it hurts that friendship too. So it, mm-hmm. it broke up a friendship, but I couldn't let my um, reputation or my business get hurt by this. Mm-hmm. Because I built my business and with, and with every heart and soul that I had, I couldn't let it get to the point of that. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of, and you have to, you have to trust your gut. You have to trust um, that feeling that you have this, you know what, this, I'm not sure this is the right thing that I should have done. Mm-hmm. And immediately, as soon as you feel that, you need to pull out. You know, I, I think that's great advice. Um, I believe that we know the answers. We know what we need to do. But I think mm-hmm. what often happens is, we justify it, yeah, and, and sometimes you do, and it's like, okay, is it just me? But oftentimes, you just do need to bless and release and let it go, because if you go on too long, it just everyone is unhappy, and then it really starts to affect overall. And I think the 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 thing to do, I I agree, is immediately say, okay, you know what, this isn't working. If you can't resolve it, you always try to resolve it first. But if you can't, yeah. it's okay. Not everything is going to work perfectly. As in business, it's often a trial and error, so that's great yes. advice. Thank you. Yeah. So this has been great. Thank you for sharing so much about that and answering my questions. I can't believe we're out of time. How can our listeners learn more about you and your business? 
Well, of course, I have a website. Um, they can always go to thegratitudespecialist.com. And there I have a, um, you can sign up for a free seven-step follow-up email series that for eight weeks it goes over every single step that you need to take to create your own seven-step follow-up system. And then I also have a 30 Days of Gratitude Challenge on there where for 30 days you send a card to somebody that you're grateful for. It could be somebody in your family or somebody in your business. And it's not business-related. It's just saying, hey, you know what, I just wanted to tell you that I am thankful for you and I'm grateful for the friendship that we have. Mm-hmm. And do that for 30 days. Wow. I bet that will uh, get you thinking very differently from doing that. So It does. I've been doing that for five years now and month after month. And um, it definitely brings back um, what you send out, bring, comes back tenfold, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I get back cards and I get back gifts and I get text messages saying, thank you so much, I needed that mm-hmm. today. Um, so it's just a good thing to send out to the universe. I love and that. Of course, Thank I'm you. on all the social media platforms and stuff like that. Perfect. And we will put a link on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page too so people can connect with you. So as we end our conversation together, can you give our listeners a tip or piece of advice that they can use to build and grow their business? Uh, let's see. Um, so one piece of advice that I would say is to show your clients that you actually care. To be genuine and be authentic. People can sense when you're desperate and they will not want to buy from you. So most importantly, probably build that KLT factor, that know, like, and trust factor, and mm-hmm. just get to know your clients. And um, I probably want to end it on one of my favorite quotes of all time is a quote from Maya Angelou, and it says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I love that. That's a, that's a great quote and a great, uh, a great way to end our conversation. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing today. You are very welcome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? 
Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about how to make your course stand out from all the others. I'm excited about this topic because this is a question we get asked all the time. And I know one of the things that you say, Michael, is all courses are not created equal. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, creating great courses, uh, whether they're live or they're online, it's not easy. It requires some experience and skill. I'm sure everyone out there has either purchased a course or attended a course that was really less than what they expected. It really didn't quite live up to the claims. And so, you know, not all courses are are equal. You know, I know you and I have been through hundreds of courses over the years, and I think that's so true. I really have learned to pay attention to which ones grab my attention and which ones are really a struggle to complete. And it really does make a difference in the length of the course, in the content, in the energy of the presenter, and what they're asking you to do. I think more courses are getting away from just giving you information and really getting interactive, which is one of the things that I love about what you do. So how do you create a successful course? Well, that's absolutely right. Um, You know, what you like to call it is shelf help as opposed to self-help. And I'm actually in my office with you and and we're actually looking right now at a whole shelf full of shelf help. So I mean, even we're not immune to it. But it really starts with great content. You really have to base the course on something that's really valuable to those people that are going to purchase it. And that's true whether it's live or it's online or it's in paper form or whatever form it's in, it doesn't matter. It really has to be valuable content. And the other piece of it, which a lot of people don't get, is that it has to be the right amount of content. I can tell you, we've, we've worked in our business, Turn Knowledge to Profit, we've worked with a lot of coaches and a lot of trainers. And I have never worked with a coach or an author or a speaker who tried to put too little into their course. It never, never happened. They always wanna to put too much into their course. And they think they're doing a service to their client, to the person that's buying the course, but really they're not because what ends up happening um, and there's a lot of research to support this but what ends up happening if you have too much information you get overwhelmed and then you do nothing with it 
And so the, the key is to really give people just the right amount of information for them to go implement it and get results and then come back to you if they want to know more and want to go deeper. Uh, if you try and include too much in, the, in that very first course, um, like I said, what most people will do is they'll start, they'll get confused, they'll get overwhelmed, they'll never finish it, they'll put it on the shelf, and it becomes what we just called shelf help. Well, and we're very familiar with that because I know six years ago when we were doing some products, and you're an expert in this area and you know this, we created some courses and put hours and hours and hours of content into a 45 minute presentation and it just doesn't work when you're constantly clicking through slides when you're constantly moving forward it doesn't work and i think it's really important and i love when you're coaching people that you really talk about it it's important to know your audience it's important to know who you're talking to and what do they need and look at those things that you're constantly coaching over and over again. So many people want to develop courses before they've gotten really good and clear on how they work with people. And it just doesn't work that way because you're going to create content that's not going to be what people are asking for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, before you start to spend money on creating courses, you really want to, as you said, coach people in whatever it is you're going to teach in the course. Um, and and you'll be surprised, I guarantee you'll be surprised at the, the things that those people you coach understand very quickly. And you'll also be surprised at what they just don't get. Something that's incredibly obvious to you. I mean, a lot of times uh, with coaches, what we find is that, you know, Every coach we work with is an expert in a particular area. And what they sometimes forget is that the, the folks that they're training or the folks that they're, they're coaching, it's their first attempt at understanding that specialty, whatever that is, be it sales or, or whatever it is. Um, so something that's incredibly easy or obvious or intuitive to an expert is really hard for a lot of people to grasp. Uh, and so you have to really slow down as a coach and, and really make sure that the information you provide in that course is very clear and moves at a slow enough pace that someone who's new to it can absorb it and understand it and apply it. And that really gets to sort of the next point, which is that makes a great course. And that's really that you have something in it for every learning style. Uh, and again, that's something that a lot of coaches aren't aware of. Um, you know, sort of stepping back for a second, you know, different people learn in different ways. Uh, some people like to learn by listening. They can just put in a podcast, put in the headphones, uh, get on a treadmill, and they can learn that way. Other folks, they like to visualize information. They like to see charts or graphs or they like to see illustrations or they, they have to visualize things. And still others, they learn best by doing. Um, so as a course designer, you really want to put something in the course for all of those different learning styles so that no matter what learning style 
the client is, they can get some value out of that course. I think that's so true because most people, when they're developing courses on their own, they teach the courses and put together the courses based on what their primary style is. And I know for me, I'm a very hands-on experiential learner. For you, you can read something, you can hear it, and you get it. But when we try to sometimes have those conversations, we sometimes look at each other like the other person's talking Greek. And I think it's important to remember that you have to bring in all of those pieces. I've, from learning from you, I've been doing that, some new training I'm doing for managing directors. And it really is making a big difference in how I teach them, how I have conversations, the tools and the resources it's really making a huge difference in the results. So if someone doesn't have time or the expertise to develop courses, what can they do? Well, that's really a good question. And I absolutely agree with, with what you just said is that uh, even, even as a course designer myself, I still fall into that trap from time to time. I, I will design something that is perfectly obvious to me and it makes the point very clear and then I step back from that and put myself in the place of a, a different type of learner and it doesn't make any sense at all. So, um, and that's really part of the value and gets to what you just asked, which is what do you do if you don't have the time and the skills? Well, this is where it's, it really makes sense to outsource. It really makes sense to find somebody who l likes to develop courses, who is good at developing courses and can take all of the information that you have and put it into a form that appeals to the widest possible audience. Um, and, and, and it can also be done quickly. So, it, you know, that's the very definition of outsourcing, right? You find someone else to do something you're not good at. And they can do it faster and better than you. So that's really where it's beneficial to go out and, and, and find somebody that really, really can do that job for you. Um, so, for example, you know, at Turn Knowledge to Profit, we can create a course from a book. Let's say you're an author and you have a book that talks about your process or your way of coaching, whatever that might be. We can take that book, we can turn that into a course in, in 60 days, which is incredibly quick, which that, you know, basically that means you can go from right now not having an offering to actually delivering an offering to paying clients in two months, which is incredibly fast and much faster than most coaches could actually develop that. Because let's be clear, even if you like doing it, you have other things to worry about. You have, you have marketing and sales and speaking opportunities and, you know, lots of other, and you, current clients, you have lots of other things going on. So, um, you know, that's something that like an outside person can do for you much quicker, much better and really get you to a place where you can start making money much faster. And I know that I've heard people say they can't say yes to a speaking opportunity because they don't have a course, they don't have something to offer. And I would challenge all of our listeners that if you get that opportunity and you feel it's a really good opportunity, say yes and know that there's resources out there like Turn Knowledge to Profit. And I really encourage people to look at bringing in an expert because I know one of the things that you do is 
share with people how affordable it is because you talked about time and expertise, but it's so affordable. Just a handful of clients in your course can pay for the development of it. And then you're going to continue to make revenue. And it's just very, very affordable. So I would challenge everyone to look at what is the next product that you want to develop. Go to our Facebook page, Turn Knowledge to Profit, and share with us what's the next product that you'd like to create and what's holding you back from doing that. Let's get connected and we'd love to learn more about you. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.